Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you. I was, uh, Matthew 19, if you have your Bibles, I was over with uh, Pastor Nigel Brown in November doing the conference. He had me preach three times on Sunday, tried to get me to do a men's discipleship. I wouldn't do it. Uh, preached five times during his conference, so I preached eight times. And I told the conference body in England, I think Nigel doesn't think I'm going to live another year, so he wanted to get everything out that he could. So just in case he's right, I've got some things I want to say this morning, and I'm taking care of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19. There is a um, major uh, trend and buzzword that's being used uh, very frequently in, in several different uh, arenas, and this has to do with uh, entitlement. We have experienced in the United States the subprime uh, meltdown. The government uh, put in the stimulus uh, package, and uh, there's a variety of welfare and uh, government programs that uh, have brought uh, an effect in the mentality of much of our generation. And uh, that generation has to do with uh, what we could call entitlement. In other words, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this, and I should have it. It was Tom Paine who probably four years ago uh, spoke some words that have stuck with me and made a, a profound impact on me in the uh, African mentality in much of Africa and in Kenya was the mentality of my piece of the pie. In other words, this is a mentality, there's only so much wealth in the world, and you have wealth, I don't have wealth, and I'm entitled to have a piece of your, your, your wealth, uh, no matter how I have to get it, if I have to steal it, doesn't matter, manipulate, maneuver, deceive. And uh, this mentality is uh, called entitlement. We have a uh, text before us that's going to touch on that. And the reason I'm preaching on this is that this mentality, uh, if we're not very careful, creeps into our theology and our church and our fellowship. And I want to touch on it this morning. Uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and uh, said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we've left all, and we've followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the 
regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the, the throne of his glory. You who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Entitlement. I want to ponder with you for a moment the entitled mentality. And we have this as a serious issue today. I was in, um, in um, uh, London uh, in November preaching. While I was there, 60,000 students, supposedly, I don't know who they were. It might have just been uh, young people who wanted to create trouble. I'm not sure. But 60,000 claiming they were students or supporters gathered uh, in downtown London, ransacked uh, the headquarters uh, of the uh, dominant party there, rioting, tore out the ceiling, uh, set fires, uh, and all kinds of mayhem uh, because uh, the government was raising the fees uh, in their uh, in their educational institutions uh, uh, to be able to pay for what they were getting, uh, and these young people would not accept that. They're entitled to. They're alive. They're breathing. Uh, and they have entitlement to... Uh, uh, an education at their uh, stipulation, not what it costs or reflecting any kind of costs. Uh, at the same time as you and I are sitting here, and uh, this was all going on, in Greece uh, they were rioting because uh, they were raising the age uh, of uh, retirement in Greece uh, up to 55. I mean, uh, who could ever work past 55? I mean, you get to 55, you deserve to sit on your rear end, watch TV the rest of your life. Can you say amen? At the same time in France, uh, they're rioting because they're raising a retirement age, uh, I believe it was to 70, uh, 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 no, to 62, from 60 to 62, and in Germany, raising it up uh, to uh, uh, 67. So here we have this mentality, uh, and this mentality is coming soon to America. Since 1973, Americans have aborted, murdered, uh, 50 million unborn babies uh, because they do not want to take care of them uh, and uh, this is seriously affecting uh, our social security system. Social security is a wonderful program. It was created, brought into being, it does a tremendous job uh, and it is structured to be able to serve uh, people who are disabled, people who are elderly, uh, and so on and so forth. But the difficulty is uh, that 50 million workers that could be holding jobs uh, and paying into the systems are no longer there. They're dead. Uh, and because of that, uh, the system is in dire uh, straits. Uh, and this is going to come down in America before it's over. Soon coming to America. Peter reaches into this mentality in our text, uh, and he says these words, What do we get out of this? Okay, Jesus, we're following you. We have uh, traveled with you. We are involved with you. Uh, you've called us out uh, of the world into a new calling. Uh, and so, Jesus, what we want to know is what do we get out of this? Matthew 19, verse 27, Peter answered, said to him, See, we've left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? 
Now, there's several Bible examples uh, that give this mentality. Uh, I deserve this. Uh, I have a right to this. Uh, I'm entitled to this. One of these is the 11th hour labors. Uh, you know the story. You can read it for yourself. Uh, but what they're saying is, uh, what do we get now? We have borne the burden in the heat of the day, uh, and what do we get out of this? Uh, I mentioned in the introduction, as Tom Paine uh, spoke so ably on the African uh, uh, piece of the pie. And the mentality is, there's only so much wealth in the world. Uh, you have wealth. Uh, I don't have wealth. Uh, therefore, because I'm living and breathing, I have a right to that uh, piece of that pie, even if I have to steal it from you or maneuver or manipulate or deceive you, and this mentality is very strong. The mentality is it has no view of being able to create wealth. The mentality is there's just so much wealth in the world, and because I'm alive on planet Earth, uh, I deserve a piece of that. This mentality is not absent uh, from Christian circles, Christian worker, nor from our fellowship. You might as well say Amen. If you can't say, oh, me, at least. The issue is uh, 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 portrayed in Luke chapter 17, spiritual dynamics. Jesus tells a little parable. You can read it for yourself, a very profound thought. Uh, and the thought is, uh, uh, I have a right to certain benefits uh, because uh, I have done my duty. Uh, and Jesus speaks specifically to that, uh, to the issue uh, of uh, entitlement. This borders very closely on the communist uh, uh, ideology. Communism is, a, uh, is an ideology, and uh, the communist ideology is from each uh, according to his ability, to each uh, according to his need. And so built into that, there is a begrudging of those who are successful, they've earned money, they have uh, been able to uh, parlay their, uh, their talents or their abilities, uh, being able to make money. And uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, is moved into socialism, communism, uh, and uh, labor unions uh, uh, have exploited that in many cases uh, are damaging you and I sitting here this morning uh, because of the atrocious cost uh, of automobiles uh, and the violation of that uh, in many uh, areas which I'm not going to, uh, uh, going, going to be, uh, move into. We uh, have a, a president today, this president at the core of his being. If you're a Democrat, don't get mad at me, just listen to what I have to say. I've lived a couple of years, seen a couple of things, and do understand a couple of things. Uh, our president uh, is at heart a socialist. Uh, what he believes uh, at the very core of his being, and he attended a church uh, for 20 years, uh, claims he never heard any of the sermons that were preached there. Um, pastoring a while, I, may, I might be able to believe some of that. I'm not sure. <laughs> But this was taught and preached, and the essence of it is the redistribution of wealth, uh, uh, the haves uh, ought to share with the have-nots. Uh, whether they deserve it or not, uh, they have a right to it, uh, and this is the mentality uh, of, menta of, uh, of entitlement. So what we have here then is the issue of stewardship and entrepreneurship, uh, which the Bible clearly uh, uh, puts before us. Let's talk first of all about God's ownership. Uh, the uh, 
fundamental principle of the scripture is indisputable, and that is that God owns everything. He has title deed to it. You say, hey, I earned this. No, 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 no. Uh, you don't understand the Bible if that's what you believe. Psalms 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord, and, the fullness, and all its fullness, uh, the world, uh, and those who dwell therein. Psalms 50, verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, Haggai 2, verse 8, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. So what we have then is a fundamental revelation of the Bible. God is creator. He created everything. He, gets, he put within his creation, even in human beings, the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18. He owns everything, has title to everything, and the Bible says he has first claim, and the scripture says you created all things, and you're uh, by your will, uh, they do exist, Revelation 4.10. So let's bring this down now to believers. Believers, uh, according to the Scripture, have the privilege uh, of being stewards. That's far different than ownership, uh, and we need to look at that. You and I are overseers. You and I are managers of all that God has uh, given into our hand. It's God's estate. Uh, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Uh, and he's made you and I stewards uh, of everything uh, that we experience uh, and that he puts into our hands. 1 Corinthians 4, verses 1 and 2. Let a man so consider of uh, us uh, as servants of Christ and stewards uh, of the mysteries uh, of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards uh, that one be found uh, uh, faithful. It says again that a bishop or an overseer uh, uh, must be blameless uh, as a steward of God. So let's think about this for a moment now. Here we have this principle. Uh, God owns all. God is creator. Uh, God has put into our hands uh, ministry, resources, opportunity, uh, uh, kingdom over all, and he's put us as stewards and managers uh, over his estate. There are several passages uh, that are very interesting in their ramifications. One of these is Psalms 115 and verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens of the Lord's, uh, but the earth uh, he has given to the children of men. We have two parables in the Bible. One is the parable of the pounds. Uh, one is the parable of the talents. Uh, both of these are measures uh, of financial wealth or units uh, of, uh, of, uh, of wealth. In those, uh, uh, in those, pa in those uh, parables, uh, he's put forth the understanding uh, that there is a householder. This householder uh, has made uh, a, a, a distribution of investment capital. Uh, he's put this in the hands uh, of each one according to, the Scripture says, uh, his ability. And having put that in, there is no limit uh, to the potential that they can reach uh, with the stewardship that is put into their hand. Uh, and uh, uh, there's no limit. There, uh, the, the only limitation is their, uh, their uh, investment of that, their use of that. Uh, both of these parables uh, teach that. Uh, but the bottom line of those uh, is uh, that... Uh, there's going to be an account of our stewardship when we're finished. Are you following me this morning? 
In other words, God has given us this privilege. God has given us this blessing. But we're going to give an account. We do not own the opportunities that are given to us. We do not own the ministries that we have. First Corinthians 4, 7 says, What do you have that you have not received? We have to freely confess nothing. Can you say amen? And so we don't own these. We're simply given the stewardship and the opportunity. We have people say, uh, uh, you know, uh, this is my church. Well, it's not your church to start with. It's not your church. People say, well, this is my ministry. It's not your ministry. It's God's ministry. So because of this mentality that comes in, uh, we have the, what is known as tenure, which means once we get in place and we put in a little bit of time, uh, then we're entitled to a certain uh, degree of uh, uh, exercising ownership uh, of that, uh, and this develops a very seriously flawed mentality uh, that you're going to give them, an, uh, you're going to give an account for at some period of time. A shepherd and under shepherd is what Peter uh, puts uh, into the imagery. First Peter, verse uh, chapter five. Listen to these words for a moment. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. If we just took that passage alone, and we embrace that as a fellowship, we embrace that as an individual, we embrace that as a pastor, we embrace that as a leader that would solve 90% of the problems that we have in pastoring, in congregations, and in understanding that we are but stewards, we are but under shepherds of the chief shepherd who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and just embracing that would change totally how we approach it. And I touched on that last night. One of the pastors came up to me and he said, what, a, uh, uh, what an interesting thing. Uh, as you preached on last night, he said, uh, uh, it really helps if you just like people. <laughs> Are you still with me? You know, I, I've heard uh, pastors preach, uh, and, uh, and as, a, as a preacher, you know, don't you like people? If you don't like people, you need to sell used cars. <laughs> if you're a used car salesman, don't walk out on me. Just stay with me. With it. <laughs> it is because of this mentality uh, that uh, certain mentalities are, are uh, uh, fomenting uh, within men. Uh, just uh, recently, we had a man who uh, is a missionary. And so uh, because of involvements and because of violation, uh, we had to ask this man to resign so we could put someone in who uh, is uh, not a threat to his brethren, not a threat to our fellowship. And uh, the man, uh, he, he, he's been watching TV, I guess. Uh, let's make a deal. And so 
The deal is, if we'll pay him some bribery, and uh, if we'll, pray, uh, if we'll uh, pay him uh, some exorbitant sum of money, he will let us have back the church uh, that we put hundreds of thousands of dollars in, built a building in, uh, and he'll let us have back uh, uh, if we'll bribe him and pay him. Uh, and uh, through some maneuvering that went on, he finally, uh, we explained it to him, and uh, uh, he's no longer there. You see, how could that get into a man's mentality? Hey, well, you know, uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm here, I'm putting my life. What was it one man, one rebel told me years ago, he said, uh, yeah, you put money in, but we put our lives in. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. I, I thought we read the scripture that said we are but stewards. Wait a minute. I thought we read the scripture there that said uh, that we are under shepherds of the chief shepherd. Uh, he's just simply entrusted uh, uh, some sheep to us uh, to uh, take care of, uh, and we're going to have to give an account for those. Wait a minute. I thought we read in the scripture that God owns everything. Uh, and he distributes out uh, ministry, he distributes out wealth, uh, he distributes out opportunity, uh, and uh, the difficulty today is the church world uh, wants to move into a business model uh, and make pastors chief executive officers uh, rather than pastors, uh, and they've lost the track. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, because here we have clearly... Uh, this powerful scripture that lets us understand, uh, first of all, uh, we are not entitled to anything. Are you still with me? We're not entitled to anything. Jesus, uh, when the disciples said to Jesus, uh, uh, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus in Luke 17 told them a little story. And he said, a certain man has a servant. Uh, he sends him out into the field uh, to labor. Uh, and as he sends him out into the field, uh, and he comes in at the end of the day, uh, does the, uh, the does a householder set him down and say to him, now, you've been working hard all day. Sit down there and let me serve you a meal. Does he do that? And he said, and all the disciples knew that that never happened. No. When he comes in after he's labored all day in the field, uh, he says to him, good, now I'm ready to eat, fix my meal for me. Uh, and he told that little parable uh, to understand, uh, even so you, when you have done everything that was required of you, uh, you say, uh, we have but, but done that which was our duty to do. There's a wealth of information in that little parable. And you and I, as we're here this morning, we need to understand we are but stewards of what God has laid in our hand. There is no such thing as tenure in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, what a glorious privilege we have to hold this book in our hand. Can you say amen? Men have died for these words. Men have been tortured for these words. Men have shed their blood for these words. Men have spent years in prison for these words. And here you and I sit in a very cold winter morning, enjoying light and heat and blessing and being able to hear without straining our ears. And all of this wonderful thing is given to, to hold in our hand this precious book and minister the words of eternal life to people that will transform the what a privilege can you say amen
What a privilege. What a privilege that is ours. What a privilege last night as Pastor Camel received this offering. Campbell. <laughs> received this offering that we could sit here in this tent uh, and uh, respond uh, to the opportunity that was given to us, uh, reach into our pocket, uh, get a checkbook or get some money uh, and put it in the offering. Incidentally, it wasn't enough, but it was a wonderful blessing. <laughs> what a great privilege uh, is ours. Uh, there are people uh, two, three hundred miles south of here would give anything to be able to sit in this tent this morning and have money in their pocket uh, that they could give to God. Uh, there are thousands of millions of them. A man some years ago uh, is uh, ministering on the, on the border in Texas, uh, and he said to me, he said, Pastor Mitchell, I went into an institution that had to do with the government on the border uh, recently, and he said, he pointed across the border, and he said, you see that border there? He said, there are 400 million people across that border that are trying to get on this side uh, and get into America. You and I are privileged. Can you say amen? What privileged people we are to be able to have God bless it. The ministry that we have. You say, well, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm entitled to a bigger ministry. Well, build one. <laughs> We're in a nation of entrepreneurs. We're in a nation of glorious freedom and opportunity. We're in a nation that lays before us the tools of ministry, the tools to educate ourselves in the Word of God, the tools to be able to impart all of it. We have this opportunity before us, and there's nothing holding us back. If you lay hold of God and say, God, I want to, as the parable of the, the talents and uh, the parable of the pound. I want to invest this spiritual dimension you've put in my life. I want to invest it. God, I'm not going to say, oh God, how come you're not, you know, hey, you know look, at, look at Pastor Mitchell. Look at, uh, look at these other men that are there. Look at Scott Lamb. Look at Rich Clark. Look at these guys. God, big church. Yeah, man, yeah, here I am, you know. Uh, I deserve a piece of the pie. No, you don't. You have an opportunity. That opportunity is a God-given privilege beyond description. I have no ability uh, on this platform this morning to describe to you the glorious and wonderful privilege that God has given us. Uh, here we are, even for you to sit there uh, in a, with a sound mind. What a wonderful blessing. Some of you, some of you dope heads, uh, when you staggered in, uh, can you say amen? Here you can sit in this auditorium and logically follow what I'm talking about. There's a wonderful privilege from God. Can you say amen? Well, I want to talk to you for a moment about the reward for faithfulness. We need a correct perspective, and that perspective is that entitlement is not a kingdom value. Let's look for a moment at the unjust uh, and the unjust and uh, the unfaithful steward. The parable is there in the scripture. He is not faithful to the uh, stewardship that is given to him. Listen to me carefully. God has given you a stewardship. 
even if you're not a pastor, he's given you a stewardship of this wonderful gospel which we have, but especially to pastors, he's put in your hand uh, people, opportunity, and resources, uh, and he's going to call you to account. Now think about that for a moment. This is basic to the premise that we're talking about. We're going to have to give an account. This parable says this unjust steward, his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, boss uh, heard that he was not handling his estate correctly. So he said to him, I want you to give an account of your stewardship. And he was in big doo-doo, and he knew it. Bad day. The books are going to have to be open. An account is going to have to be given. And one of the things we learn from this is that there are no golden parachutes in the kingdom of God. So how do you come to that conclusion, Pastor? Just reading the scripture because he says, I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. So he said, what am I going to do? Well, this lets us know right there there's no golden parachute. Can you say amen? That's logical thinking, okay? So he said, well, I'm going to have to do steal then. Are you still with me? And so here we have this principle uh, that is so powerfully to us. Let's put this in the context. If you this morning squander the opportunities that are given to you, if you fail to use and use this investment capital, which is spiritual dominion, which I'm talking about, you squander that, you do not excel, you do not parley that into, you don't improve that, uh, then there's going to come a time uh, when God was going to call you to account uh, and you're going to be in trouble. God has a right to terminate us. Can you say amen? See, we have from time to time, I had a man uh, some years ago, uh, one of his pastors uh, had to be uh, uh, put out of the church for abusing people. Had, they had to pull him out of that. And this man said to me, and I'll never forget, it made a profound impact on me. He said, you know, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, and I could hear a note of uh, resentment in his, in his voice. This man has put 20 years uh, into ministry, uh, and now he has nothing uh, and you could almost hear him say, uh, this man deserves a piece of the pie. No, there are no golden parachutes in the kingdom of God. You are faithful to God, as we'll get to it. If you will partly the uh, stewardship that God has given to you, and if you will do right, God will bless you. But if you violate that, I want to tell you there is no tenure. God will bring you to account, uh, and you'll be removed from the ministry that you have. Uh, and not only that, uh, but there's not going to be any golden parachute. Uh, you're going to flush. It happens all the time in the business world. Can you say amen? Happens all the time in the world in which we live. Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You've scattered my flock, uh, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, uh, I'll attend to you for the evil of your doing, uh, says uh, the Lord. Wow, that, uh, that's pretty... Uh, that, did not, somebody not understand me as I read that? God says, I will attend to you. If God says to me, Mitchell, I'm going to attend to you, buddy, my ears are listening. 
So let's think for a moment, uh, because what we have here is a tension between the temporal uh, and the spiritual and the eternal. Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, uh, 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 Peter said, So what do we get out of this? So Jesus said to them assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones uh, judging uh, the twelve tribes uh, of uh, Israel. 1 Peter 1 uh, verse uh, uh, 17 He says, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. That's a very powerful statement. It means that this is not our home. Can you say amen? We used to sing a song before all the slick choruses that you can't uh, can't sing were taught to us. And uh, it was a simple, and this simple statement was, this world, this world is not my home. This world, this world is not my home. This world is not my dwelling place. This world, this world is not my home. That has meaning. Because this is what a sojourner is. It means you're not a citizen. You are not where your home is. You're just traveling through to another place. And the scripture is filled with understanding. And what we do get is honor, glory, and dominion. Listen to Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What a wonderful statement. Here we have the promise, and Jesus told these parables to make known to us God is looking at what we're doing. Can you say amen? And God is taking note of what we're doing. And when we're finished, and we're not finished yet, we're finished in glory. Here's the eternal dimension. It is not the temporal. It's not the earthly. It is the eternal. And when we're finished, if we are faithful, the Lord will say to us, Well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter in to the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says besides that, we inherit eternal life. What a wonderful blessing. So as we look at this, uh, we don't see the whole, but we just get a hint in here. He says we're going to sit on uh, the thrones uh, judging 12 tribes. Uh, This is what he says to the apostles, uh, and he leaves in us an understanding uh, that when we leave this life uh, and we go into the eternal dimension, uh, when we come back with Jesus on planet earth, uh, there's going to be the wonderful uh, 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 consummation of that glorious thing. When we leave this earth, we go to the heavenly place. Can you say amen? We go to be with Jesus. When the rapture happens, uh, then we are judged uh, at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. We are given our rewards uh, uh, and uh, dimension, and we come back with Jesus when he comes in to rule and to reign uh, on planet earth uh, and this world is not our home. Once you, that grips you and begins to make impact on you, it'll change everything that you do and everything that you say. Or in other words, what we have is a wonderful blessing of purpose in eternity. 
We have function while we're here on planet earth. Uh, We have position, uh, and his great uh, blessing to us is meaning, uh, uh, fullness, uh, grace of God. What a wonderful blessing to be saved. Can you say amen? What a wonderful blessing to be given opportunity. Many of you sitting in this building have no idea the wonderful privilege you have to be in a fellowship uh, who will give you expression, who will give you opportunity, who will equip you, who wants to see you fulfill your destiny. Uh, And this is what we have. Thank God for that. Uh, Let me read you the words of an old song. The quartets used to sing this chorus, uh, uh, this song. uh, And listen carefully as as I read it to you this morning. So send I you to labor unrewarded. We don't like that. We're offered an opportunity. What does it pay? Is it hot? Is it cold? What size city is it? Uh, How many people are there? there, You know, back in 1973 when we started sending workers out, uh, we'd say to somebody, you know, I have an opportunity uh, that I want to talk to you about. I said, I'll take it. Can you say amen? I'll take it. So send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoffing. So send I you to toil for me alone. So send I you to bind the bruised and broken, over wandering souls to work, to weep, to wake. To bear the burdens of a world aweary, so send I you to suffer for my sake. So send I you to loneliness and longing, with heart a-hungering for the loved and known, forsaking kin and kindred, friend and dear one, uh, so send I you to know my love alone. So send I you to leave your life's ambition, to die to dear desire, self-will resign. To labor long and love where men revile you, so send I you to lose your life in mine. So send I you to hearts made hard by hatred, to eyes made blind because they will not see, to spend though it be blood, to spend and spare not, So send I you to taste of Calvary. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Let's give God praises. Our next speaker comes right now. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. 
Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.